Alright, let's go. I'm Fenyu from the Fight Side. This is the Early Playing Podcast. Coming at you very late. Uh, but yeah, let's let's do the podcast. Why why lose the streak of the weekly podcast? And obviously the recap I won't go in into as much detail detail because everyone has talked about it. But But we gotta do it anyway, I guess. Uh, so last Saturday we have UFC Fight Night, Darius versus Saruk Sarukian. Main event was very brief. Uh, Arman Sarukian um, tried to knee uh, Benita Darius from a from a collar tie and uh, punch off the knee from the same side, and that surprised Darius, putting him down and finishing with ground and pound. Uh, sort of a Superman punch motion to the technique. Uh, so interesting, uh, good finish. Uh, Sarukian obviously head up for big things. Uh, I think this fight doesn't tell us much about him. Uh, we already knew very athletic, powerful, but it's good that for him that he's uh, turning these athletic attributes into being a more dangerous fighter as of late. Uh, he's been getting finishes and he's Powerful, dangerous uh, striking is getting more dangerous with time, so that's a good thing. Uh, what's next for what's what's next for Sarukian? I don't know. Uh, either a title shot or Justin Gagey, I'm guessing. Um, that would be my ideas, to be honest. Coming events saw so Jalen Turner uh, making a short notice fight against Bobby Green. Um, kind of sad. Uh, they were having like figuring each other uh, each other out from from range. Uh, Bobby Green was making Jalen miss here and there, uh, you know, like t talking crap all that kind of shit. But Bobby Green doing a lot of like leaping entries to make up for the big uh, reach differential here. Uh, the end of the fight came as uh, Jalen Turner um, adjusts to manipulate the hip movement of Bobby Green and clips him. Uh, like on the behind the ear part with a with a like a right hook. It wasn't like a one two. It was like a hook. Uh, Bobby Green does a, a little bit of a chicken dance. Jalen Turner hits him with another like two piece combinations. Bobby Green drops bad, and then the ref allows Jalen Turner to go to town with ground and pound. Bobby Green was not defending himself. A terrible stoppage. I don't really want to talk much about it. Um, what's next? I don't know. Um, Turner says he wants to rematch Hooker. I would be fine with that. Um, I would be fine with him uh, like rematching Gambrot too, to be honest. Uh, maybe Sarukian versus Turner, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Turner, good. Uh, he made weight uh, on short notice, despite being a very big dude for the weight class, obviously. Uh, he boasted that he was around like 180 pounds for the fight. That's for sure on the upper end of of size uh, and weight for the division, but but not something that we haven't seen before. We've seen Trinaldo, uh, Rafael dos Anjos, Javib, all guys that were on the 180 range for lightweight fights. So he made the weight, so great for Turner. What's next for Bobby Green? I said someone suggest uh, Frebola, and I think that's, that's a good fight, to be honest. Uh, Bobby Green, obviously, like, As an elite fighter that it's going to keep climbing, uh, his days are mostly over here. Uh, I thought the fight with Hooker was pretty, very interesting because it was like a veteran fight. But but keeping that theme, 
I think if he fights uh, Sarukian, uh, not Sarukian, please God, no. Um, <laughs> if he fights Frevola, that, that would be pretty good. As someone suggests, Turner versus Benoit Saint-Denis. I think that's kind of fair for both guys. I think both should be fighting up in the rankings, but, but it would be a good fight, so... Before that, we have Davison Figueredo uh, making his UFC 135 debut against Rob Font. Uh, I thought Rob Font was going to win this fight. It was not the case. Uh, Figueredo doing good stuff, uh, making the range longer than, jab uh, than Font's jabbing distance, uh, making sure to connect with his cross counter, with the counter jabs. Uh, so uh, Font got a little bit insecure about jabbing and without the jab he didn't have the means to control the the pace of the fight. Figueredo was was baiting him with uh, to close the distance and then landing some counters uh, trying to look for elbows. Figueredo looks strong for the weight class here uh, despite being like not a lot smaller but but like notably smaller than, than Font here. Figueredo uh, at one less uh, told him like, okay, let's bang, and he snatches a single leg from Rofon, that was very fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Figueredo looked good here. Font, uh, I guess his days at the lead are over. I think the, the, the Janius fight was like the last thing that we were going to see, like a great performance for Rofont. Uh What's next for both guys? To be honest, all, all I want in my life is Figueredo versus Pure Yang. That's the fucking fight. Please make it make it five rounds, seven rounds if possible. <laughs> like, please make Figueredo versus Pierre Yam. For rough font, I uh, saw someone suggest um, Martinez, and that that would be dope. I mean, dangerous for font, but it's like interesting matchup. Uh, rough font, I'm way better equipped to deal with the kicks than Janius that we saw fail to deal with the kicks of Martinez. So yeah, that would be pretty dope. Uh, if not, like maybe the winner or the loser of the main event of this week. We we'll talk about that later. Uh, Jean Brady for Kevin Gastelum. Kevin Gastelum dropping down to 170 after a, an extensive stint at 185. Uh, Kevin Gastelum did not look in great shape, in my opinion. Um, and he did not look good here, to be honest. Uh, maybe probably like cutting a lot of weight instead of dieting a lot of the weight. Uh, he did not look particularly big against Chad Brady here. Uh, Brady here looks strong, looked powerful. And Calvin, Kelvin did not like have like a notorious like striking advantage. Uh, the, the tail of the fight was Chad Brady using a lot of rights, wrist control, uh, leg rights, uh, taking the back of Gastelum and allowing him to flow and following him with the positions. I thought. Uh, I don't know who on commentary said that, that he was not like fighting the positions. Uh, he was like flowing with him and I think that's a, a fair assessment of what happened. Um, Ryan Wagner already made a, a good breakdown about the, the grappling in this in this fight, but it was cool and Sean uh, Brady gets the finish with Akimura. So yeah, I mean, very impressive for Brady. I think Gastelum, despite not looking great here, and I think he looks uh, sloppy in the grappling, not only on the striking, but still a, a very legit win for Brady to, to get back on track, especially because Brady ha hasn't been looking very impressive in the UFC so far. I think he always looks sketchy. Uh, here he looked very solid, well put together. Um, so yeah, that's great for Brady. Um, 
the striking, uh, I, I thought the striking was looking solid against Belal early, but then he fell apart as the fight went on and Belal started putting the pressure on him. Um, so yeah, what's next for both guys? I think Gasol needs to stay at 170 and he could fight like, like I don't know, like a Joaquin Buckley, I guess. Um, and Brady, who can Brady fight? Uh, like Jack Della, maybe? If you want to give one of those guys like propel to the top. Uh, because everyone else is, seems to be booked. Like, like Ian Gary is booked, uh, Luke is booked. Uh, Brady against RDA does not interest me. And I, I guess RDA is back at 155. I don't know, man. I already fought Belal. Uh, Brady versus uh, Gilbert Burns would be fire, to be honest. Uh, I doubt they make that fight, but that would be very interesting because the, both are very good grapplers. Uh, Gilbert obviously should have the striking advantage, but he's getting on the old side. Um, and Brady improving as a striker. Uh, Brady would look to be the bigger guy in, in that matchup. So, so yeah, I mean, it would be interesting if they grapple, especially I, it would be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Gilbert is still a tremendous scrambler. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that would be a good fight. Before that, we saw, we saw Joaquim Silva against Clay Guida. Uh, Silva here looks solid. Uh, his ability to get back, to, to get on his hips, uh, work the get-ups when Clay was getting the, the takedowns was impressive, but we already knew that. Uh, Silva very solid. Uh, Neto BJJ here. Uh, Guida, I think, uh, his style of he did not trust his hands, I think, for a while. Clay Wither has been looking in somewhat of a boxing prime. Um, I think Christian has said that. Shout out to Christian and the Forbidden Technique podcast. Uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, Wither here did not look very interested in, in like committing to the striking and doing damage. And he, it was like, like prime lay and pray with uh, and that came to, to bite him on the ass because he did not get Joachim Silva tired because Joachim Silva was very, being very efficient, uh, not getting tired, uh, mostly around on the clinch and was very efficient getting back up, using his strength but in, a, in an efficient manner. And Guida was not doing damage, was not getting him tired. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, Joachim Silva here looked good. What's next for both guys? Uh, I don't know really. Dustin Stolzfuss fault, Puna Hele Soriano. Soriano keeps looking very bad and probably getting cut out of this. But yeah, he has a few look good looks with the left hand and when he tried to put the right hook uh, meaningfully in, in any combination, he was having success but, other than, but he was looking lost and was getting tired very fast here. To Dustin Stolzfuss' credit, he was landing a lot of leg kicks, I mean body kicks. Uh, from Orthodox against the Southpaw in Puna. Uh, good for Solfus that has looked very underwhelming uh, in the UFC. I thought he had a good performance against Jared Mirchard, but he got finished there. Uh, here he put it together as a as a well-rounded fighter uh, that fought a smart fight in open stances, so good for Solfus. Misha Tate fought Julia Avila. Uh, honestly, coming into the fight, I thought Julia Avila was going to be like too strong, too athletic for old Misha Tate, but not the case at all. Uh, Julia Avila cannot wrestle at all, and I think uh, it's uh, it's very 
<laughs> very important to consider that in this division we have had ba basically two girls that can shoot competent takedowns like actually like shoot a good double leg and has like a single leg high crush game um, and those are Misha Tate and Juliana Peña and both got to be champions uh, the the meta of the division is revolves so much around the clinch that sometimes you don't know that some of these girls cannot match wrestle at all. And then in the jiu-jitsu, we know Misha is very solid. And she did his her, her thing here. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I'm so bad with, with pronouncing in English. Like, I forget all the time. And I, I talk about dudes like 90% of the time, so I just default to, to saying his all the time we do not in that context in Spanish we we just say uh, a neutral gender uh, preposition there so so I'm very bad at that sorry uh, getting back into track Misha Tate here looked solid uh, very good performance uh, she looked great uh, she did her thing she shoot for takedowns got the takedowns dominated from top position good for Misha Tate to be honest Cody Brondage uh, fought Zach Reese. Uh, Brondage uh, throws a head kick, slips, just as he's falling, he just picks the ankle, finishes an ankle pick, and great takedown to be honest. Uh, starts doing his thing from top position, Sakharis, uh locks a triangle, not not really locked to be honest, like he just like held on the arms, he, he was looking to transition to the armbar from the triangle. And he was holding like very strong to both arms or Cody and Cody just slammed him on his head and knocked out him uh, for the second slam KO of the night because before that Drakkar close fought Joe Soleki. Joe Soleki very impressively got a takedown like right off the bat. Drakkar close got a very uh, a very cool reversal because he was he was like baiting Soleki to follow him in one direction, turned the other direction. Very cool stuff. And then uh, Soleiki locks an armbar, Draka close, lifts him and slams him, slams him and slams him on the side of his head and knocks him dead out. Uh, luckily Soleiki was alright. He was like even he was there for the for the decision announcement. That was very encouraging. I'm glad that he's doing alright because it was a, an ugly knockout at the moment. But yeah, I mean Close, uh, Drakkar Close uh, was never one of my favorites, especially <laughs> in that fight against uh, Tamur, because Tamur was like on the back foot, but he was clearly outstriking him. Like the, the stats were saying they were like 17 to 4, something like that crazy. Like Tamur was kicking his ass, and but Close was like signaling here and shit. And Herbding gave a warning for timidity to Tamur. And I was so mad at that. That was so lame. I mean, it was obviously Herb Dean's fault, not Close. And then Close robbed Bobby Green as well. A very, very clear win for Rob, for Bobby Green. So, yeah, Close was not one of my favorites. But then he got, like, KO'd by Benil Darius. We all remember that. Especially now, because they, they played that knockout, like, time and time again before the Sarugia fight. And, and then he came for that Jenkins fight. And he's been looking, like... He's so much more aggressive now, and I love that uh, because he's a very well-rounded guy with very like good like wrestling and grappling defense. You know, MMA love guys. I always talk about that. But yeah, he looks solid, and he keeps looking solid, aggressive here. So good for Drakkar Close. Uh, 
I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, Soleki needs to bounce back after this one. Before that, uh, Rodolfo Velato fought Ihor Poteria, the duelist. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, this was a fire-ass fight. It was so good. Poteria, the duelist, was looking like career best here. He was looking sharp, uh, doing like open stances tricks, uh, kicking the body, putting the combinations together, moving on the outside. He was looking actually good, like... To be honest, like, Potero was looking decent here, but Belato is tough and he's smart and those guys are always very dangerous, especially when they are so tough. Uh, so yeah, Potero at one moment on the back foot with his back against the cage, connects with, I think, a left hook from the rear side on Belato, drops him, he starts landing disgusting ground and pound, the fight could have been stopped, but then Potero got tired, Belato got back to his feet. Um, Got a takedown from the single leg. Potiora too tired to fight back against the takedown. Belato gets to mount and just puts like insane, like not super like damaging, but a lot of output. And uh, Potiora was not getting out of there. So I think that the stoppage was fine at the end, but the fight was very, very exciting. Uh, sad for Potiora because he looked actually good for the first time here. I uh, thought he was looking very mid before. Uh, he looked decent here, but Bellato is promising as a, a as a smart, tough guy, like sort of like what Jimmy Crude was supposed to do, but then Jimmy Crude had like no defense and started like getting his ass kicked in fights. <laughs> Before that, Jared Gooden, uh, who I like for no apparent reason, fought Wellington Turman. Wellington Turman with Poatan in his corner. He's been training with Teixeira for a while now, and he was like cosplaying as, as Alex Pereira here. Uh, like with the stall stance, uh, throwing the calf kicks in a very similar manner, but mostly surprising with the one-two and trying to catch with the left hook. Sadly for Turman, he does not have the left hook that Pereira has. The mechanics are very wonky. I thought Wellington Turman was looking more polished on the feet that couldn't here. Uh, the end of the fight came as as both connect with kind of same counter. Uh, Wellington Turman, no, um, Jared Gooden steps in with a jab. Uh, he fights with his hands slow, steps with a stepping jab. Uh, Turman steps on, or to the inside of the jab, throws the right hand, closes the door with the left hook, uh, which connects with too good effect to Gooden. Then Wellington Turman steps deep with the one-two that he has been connecting for a lot of the fight, and Gooden slips to the outside of both punches. He lands the right hand, loads a big left hook, and the difference there was the mechanics of the left hook. Like, Gooden's uh, left hook was not perfect, it was like very wide. Uh, I think Turman has better control of his technique, he was more precise. But Gooden had the weight transfer, like, uh, Turman, you can tell, like, he was like throwing the hook uh, in a slapping motion with the, not a lot of rotation going there, or not pointing the, the fist. And uh, Gooding, on the other hand, like, rotate, rotated his hips, uh, put his, uh, pointed his knuckles on the direction of the shin, and he connected hard against Turman. Then he starts, like, landing jabs, they get into sloppy uh, exchange. Turman goes for the clinch, try to go, uh, get a takedown, but he gets uh, wizard kicked by Gooden. Gooden achieves mount, starts landing ground pound. As Turman uh, turns, Gooden... Uh, gets the rear naked choke, so good for Gooden. I don't know why I like him, but I like him, and uh, this was a good win in a very exciting fight. And the opener was Veronica Hardy, Ni uh, Macedo. 
Do you, you, do you say that ni or ne? I, I don't know, I just always say it written in Wikipedia. I have no idea how to say that. But yeah, she fought Jamie Lee Hurth. And Macedo here looks solid. Uh, I made a thread on Twitter about her open stance tactics. Uh, on the third round, Jamie Lee Hurt, to her credit, was starting to figure out some shit, especially with the elbows, uh, trying to attack from... Um, well, attack... Uh, on the middle with the elbows when Hardy was getting the outside angle. So, so yeah, the third round was a lot more competitive. Hardy handily won the first and the two. This was a split decision, which was completely bullshit, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, Hardy improving a lot. Uh, you guys know I'm not a fan of uh, Dan Hardy. I think he's kind of announced. But I gotta give credit where credit is due. He's making uh, Veronica improve. Uh, Veronica... Looked like a well put together fighter like for the first time here, so good for her. We have some fight announcements. Let's go into the fight announcements. Uh, I won't talk about the changes to the to the card of this week because it is this week card, so I'll talk about in the preview part. Uh, let's talk about the, the next week because uh, uh, Giga Chikatsu was supposed to fight Josh Emmett. Uh, Giga got injured. Uh, there's footage of him like pulling his groin. Uh, look very painful. And Bryce Mitchell is stepping in in short notice. Super insanely different matchup for for Emmett. At least uh, Bryce is also a southpaw. But yeah, very interesting. Um, probably a better matchup. I mean, not probably. Like, this is a better matchup for Emmett than Giga for sure. But, but it's such a, a different stylistic matchup that who knows. Who knows? But but yeah, on paper it looks like Emmett should be like harder to take down than Ige and hit harder than Ige. Even though I would say that Ige is overall a better fighter. In this case, I think Emmett is better equipped to deal to deal with uh, Bryce Mitchell. So yeah, uh, unless uh, Josh Emmett is like really watched right now, he should win this fight. Um, but yeah, we will see. We'll see. Short notice, you never know. Alex Perez is supposed to be fighting Mohamed Mokayev. I would be very in favor of this fight. Uh, sounds like a very interesting fight. Uh, for sure, the hardest test for Mokayev yet. But we all know that Alex Perez is not a, a real fighter. So this is not going to happen. So do not get excited about this one. Molly McCann will rematch the Diana Belbita. Belbita, I think they say it's her name. Did they find the UFC or uh, regionals? I don't know. I should know, but uh, to be honest, I don't remember. But sounds like a good fight, to be honest. I like, sounds watchable. CJ Vergara will fight Asu Amabayev, and this one is very interesting. I'm very interested to see if Amabayev can put the wrestling to good use against CJ, who has been like a uh, sketchy takedown defense, but, uh, but very good at getting up, uh, very good scrambler, and CJ breaks the pace. Uh, during fights, so yeah, it's a very very good fight. That is going to, it's probably going to fly under the radar. Uh, this is going on March, so there's like a million years until we see that fight. But it's very good. Messi Bagdasarian is fighting William Gomez. This is on February. Uh, Gomez is one of my least favorite guys uh, in the UFC. Like he's a very boring striker. Uh, his fights are like. Bad clinching, uh, not doing much to set up his offense at open stand, uh, at range. And also, uh, I already disliked the guy and then he said something like, 
oh, I would I would beat by Alexander Pokanovsky so easily. I would be more concerned with someone like Jay Rodriguez. And that told me that the guy doesn't know shit. And that's why he fights like kind of bad. Is he like MMA factory? Probably, right? Uh, I'm expecting Bagdasarian to beat his shit on this fight, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, if Bagdasarian does his thing, he should beat the shit out of Gomis. Uh, it shouldn't be even close, to be honest. I don't like to make these kind of predictions, but I just think Bagdasarian is a lot better than this guy. Not just because I dislike him, because I just don't think he's very good. Uh, Alan Nascimento was supposed to fight... Oh, this is this week, so I, I won't be covering... Uh, uh, Brandon Moreno is going to fight Amiral Bassi on Mexico City. This is five rounds. Great fight. Great fight. Um, it would be tremendous if Albasi can win this one, and that would cement him as the next contender for the title, for sure, for sure. And it's a very good fight, I'm very excited about it, uh, we'll see. Um, Moreno has been taken down, but he's always been like a demon of a scrambler, but Albasi brings some kind of top control that very few guys on the division has. I would be very interested in, for example, Albasi versus Mokayev in the future. Um, and Abbas is not a bad striker. Uh, Moreno, for sure, the best striker that he has faced. Uh, I think it's fair to say that Moreno is a better striker than Kaikara France. Uh, Kaikara, but Kaikara France, I would say, harder to take down than Moreno, for sure. Uh, Moreno probably a lot better as a grappler overall, but as a defensive, uh, as a defensive wrestler, I would say Kaikara France a lot better. Uh, has a, a better put... Uh, together a style to the fake takedowns and uh, he has uh, the physical tools to be harder to take down as well yeah I mean this is very interesting uh, Moreno by the way is confirmed to be the the backup for for the title fight between Pantoja and Royval so that's weird but yeah it's a very good fight and I'm super hyped that it's five rounds that's great Jeremiah Wells is fighting Max Griffin uh, Wells should be win this fight, right? Like, Griffin is probably... Like, you know, Griffin brings the... Brings intensity, he brings the process, uh, he commits to the game plan. Uh, but the Wells is just a beast, and Griffin just doesn't fare super well when he's not the, the better athlete out there, so... And Wells also is, like, very good wrestler, obviously, that's his his background. Yeah, but, but it should be it should be fun. Anthony Hernandez, Fluffy, my boy, is fighting Ikram Aliskerov. A very scary fight for for Anthony, to be honest. But but it's also like a scary fight for Aliskerov, to be honest. If if Fluffy wins this one, he's legit for sure. Like I'm not super high on Aliskerov, but he's he's a dangerous dude. He's a big dude. He's a bad dude. He's a very good grappler, and you know Anthony has been relying on on grinding dudes with the grappling. Uh, I wrote an article about him, but yeah, I mean, very very cool fight to be honest. Uh, solid matchmaking here. I kind of I'm a bit scared for my boy here. Not gonna lie. Andrea Lee is fighting Miranda Maverick. Uh, do not have many thoughts about this fight, but I think this is good matchmaking for where they are uh, right now in their careers. It's a solid fight. Uh, what else we have? Eric Anders is going to fight Jamie Pickett. Uh, Jamie Pickett is exactly the kind of guy that gets 
murdered by Eric Anders, and Eric Anders has been looking, having a bit of a resurgence lately. So he has been looking solid, and and yeah, I mean, we Aaron Anders, when he has the, the confidence up, especially because the cardio looks solid the last time around, I think this is a very easy fight for him. Rodolfo Vieira uh, is getting rebooked against Armen Petrosian. Interesting fight, a classic grappler versus striker fight. Um, I think I'm still siding with Petrosian here, but it's a, it's an interesting one. It's good matchmaking. Not gonna complain about that. And finally, the only the other one that I wanted to talk about is Birna Jantirova is fighting Lupi Godinez. Very good fight for 115. Uh, interested to see because Godinez should have like a big power edge on the feet, but Jantirova. It's a bit more crafty, um, she's long, and on the ground, Jandirova, very solid uh, as, a de- as a defensive wrestler, and very good from top position. You know uh, Lupi is a wrestler. So yeah, this is a, this is a good fight. This is a good fight. Um, I think I'm siding a little bit with Lupi, but Jandirova is very solid. So yeah, I mean, let's get into the preview for this week, uh, pay-per-view, and we, we can call it a day. The main event is obviously Song Yedong versus Chris Gutierrez, my boy, uh, Guti, El Guapo. Uh, this is in the small cage, this clearly favors Song Yedong. I think Yedong is uh, like a bad matchup overall for Gutierrez. Some people are saying like, oh, Yedong is going to kill him. I wouldn't be so sure, like, Gutierrez is... Very tough, not like super easy to, to put out. I mean, let's remember his one loss is to like Pedro Munoz. He got dropped and Munoz could not finish him in the ground. And you know, like Pedro Munoz is a tremendous grappler. And, and yeah, I mean, Song Yadong is obviously very scary. One of the like quickest, harder punchers in the division. But Gutierrez has his staff. Uh, he's obviously known as this like outside mover with a lot of leg kicks that can maybe trouble Song a little bit because Song uh, likes a lot of exchanges but he's not like super great at pressuring and I think uh, Yadong uh, despite the bouncy footwork can give some openings to leg kicks uh, Yadong in most of his strikes is also like very like front ki- uh, front uh, leg dominant like puts his weight on on front that can open the leg kicks as well Gutierrez can can offer different looks with the changing of stances, so I think it's a very good matchup. It's a very good main event. I'm just glad that they are putting like this lower top 15 ranked. Uh, I mean, not in the case of Son Yadong. I think he's he's ranked super high, but but yeah, I mean bantamweight main event. Like I cannot complain about that. Uh, this is a, a good fight. Even if Yadong like gets an, an early knockout, it would be very impressive. I would say, uh, even though a lot of people are expecting just that. I would say it's very impressive, like, no one has managed to do that against Gutierrez. Ah, Gutierrez has uh, managed uh, fights against, like, powerful uh, strikers in the past. He has fought quite a few Chinese guys. I mean, Batgirl Dana, uh, actually Mongolian, I think, but, but still, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think I'm, like, uh, getting into racist territory, so yeah, I, I, let's just leave it at that. But for sure, for sure, uh, last guy, Alatan Haley was was Chinese. I think he's ethnically like, Mongolian. Oh my god. I'm getting cancelled. Oh, no. 
But yeah, this is a very good fight. This is a very good fight. Um, I'm excited, very scared for my guy, Chris Gutierrez here, one of my favorites, but uh, not a good matchup, but there's avenues. And especially if it goes long, like Song Yatong doesn't get tired, but Gutierrez has attrition and anything could happen. Gutierrez is, has also like X factor. He can get like a head kick, a flying knee, We've seen him like spinning backfist. We've seen him generate like big finishes despite not being known as this like superpower one strike knockout guy. He can put people away, so very interesting. And as a grappler, like I'm not expecting Gutierrez to, to like get takedowns on Song Yadong, but if they end up in kind of scrambles, uh, Gutierrez seems very solid as a grappler, and so does Song Yadong, who has been on Team Alpha Male for a long while now, so. Yeah, I mean, interesting. Uh, very good fight. Co-main event has Anthony Smith, who is, like, uh, stepping in somewhat short notice to fight Khalil Roundtree Jr. Everyone is expecting Khalil Roundtree to absolutely murder Lionheart here. And I think I'm siding with that, but always remember that Khalil Roundtree, it's always so close to losing himself a fight, like... We're talking about a guy that lost to, like, Marcin Pragnio. So, so, yeah, round three finds a way to lose sometimes. I know he's on a four-fight winning streak right now, which includes, like, uh, a decision that personally I thought was kind of sketchy against Dustin Jacoby, but in a very close fight, a good performance. And all of that, like, big finishes, you know, like round three. So, but, yeah, I mean, if round three gets bit tired, if Roundtree slips, if they go to the ground, like Anthony Smith is not like this game over grappler, but he's actually a good grappler, like a legit black belt. And Roundtree, I do not trust. He's on the ground. So yeah, I'm picking Roundtree, obviously. Uh, this should be like big violence. But I would not be that surprised if Anthony Smith like chokes him out, to be honest. Suma Derji was supposed to fight Alan Nascimento. Nascimento is out. Tim Elliott is filling in. And this is still a very good fight. I was... I thought that against Nascimento was, like, more relevant. But this is still, like, great. Like, Suma Derji, a sketchy grappler. That's, that's the problem. And Tim Elliott is going to be in the take-downs. But the thing is that Tim Elliott doesn't finish a lot of people from top position, so Sumaderji is going to get to do his, like, long guy striking thing. And Tim Elliott is very awkward, but he's hittable. People have been hitting Tim Elliott, and Sumaderji cracks. So th this one should be fun. We have Nasrat Hakparast, uh, lightweight Kelvin Gastelum <laughs> against Jamie Malarkey here. Um, good fight, very good fight. Um, interesting to see how Molarki deals with the southpaw here. Uh, Hakparas looks to have like a very big like speed advantage here, but Molarki is resourceful. Uh, he can do a lot of stuff, and if they bang on the inside, like Hakparas has very quick hands, has been getting better at using his right hand. Um, but Molarki has like can weave into shots, can surprise with the left hook. Molarki also has uh, clinching. So it should be very interesting, a very good fight. Excited about this one. Andre Muniz is fighting the Iron Turtle, Young Young Park. I'm riding with Young Young Park here. I like the Iron Turtle. I like that he's turning into this like pressuring, jabbing guy. 
Uh, I think the Iron Turtle should win this one. Like Muniz is very dynamic, he's powerful on the feet, and he's like a wizard on getting the armbar, especially if he gets to the back somehow. But Union Park himself, a very solid striker, I mean, a very solid grappler, uh, specialist uh, taking the back, uh, very good with the rear naked choke. Like, very few in the, in the UFC. And, and yeah, I mean, I expect him to, if he gets into something as sketchy, to survive unless Muniz gets to his signature armbar that is elite, elite. Uh, but other than that, I think Young Young Park is overall uh, the better grappler, the better striker. Muniz is obviously like long, powerful, so he, he brings danger to the table, but I'm riding with the Iron Turtle here. Song Kenan is fighting Kevin Jusset. This one is fun at 170. Uh, it's a fight between like lanky, stiff kickboxers. Uh, Jusset with the, with the judo background, by the way. And got a cool rear naked choke in, in his debut in the UFC, but I think he fights out of uh, City Kickboxing. So, so yeah, this is Tiger Muay Thai versus City Kickboxing. We see that matchup kind of a lot. Uh, it's a good fight. It's a good fight. It's not like going to be like super high level, I guess. I mean, Kevin just said this a bit promising, but but they're going to bang, and um, I cannot complain about guys banging. Hyunson Park, the winner of the Road to the UFC, is fighting Shannon Ross. Shannon Ross getting yet another chance at the UFC. He's 0-3 in the UFC, and he also lost on Contender Series. He also has a loss in between that to Steve Ersek. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, Chan Ross not having a good time in his career right now. And uh, Houston Park is solid. He's a solid guy, well put together, but not like insanely athletic. So maybe Chan Ross can get to do something here. Maybe. Uh, I think Chan Ross is kind of cool. Uh, he's flawed and he's not very athletic. So he, he has not been able to, to show up a lot in the UFC. And Hilson Park comes with a lot of confidence of, of being the winner of Road to UFC. Also being like undefeated. Uh, and I remember that I want Chan Ross to win here because uh, Hilson Park beat my boy Top Noy on Road to UFC. So, so yeah, I mean, that sucked. Uh, do not beat Top Noy, please. <laughs> but it should be a good fight, to be honest. It should be a good fight. Steve Garcia and Melchizal Costa were supposed to fight last week. Uh, that fight was moved to this week. Good fight. Uh, yeah, just a good fight. Cool fight. Uh, Steve Garcia brings the big power with the hands. Melchizal Costa is a southpaw kicker that it's all about the rear kicks. Uh, front kicks to the body. Roundhouse kicks. He kicks the legs. He goes up high with the, with the high kicks. He has the question mark kicks, he moves around the outside, he commits a lot to the bodywork, but Steve Garcia brings like big power, he's very big for the weight class. Uh, they are fighting at uh, 155, but you know, Melchizal is like a career featherweight. Steve Garcia is like a big dude at 145, so... So yeah, probably the lightweight uh, plays in favor of Steve Garcia, but... Yeah, it's a good, a good action fight, good action fight. Stephanie Eger is fighting Luana Santos. Uh, Luana Santos had that very sloppy fight with Juliana Miller. Um, and other than that, I do not remember like Stephanie Eger, like at all. But yeah, yeah, she submitted Eileen Perez. So she she has that going on for her, that's good. Like no, that, that doesn't make you a good fighter. It's good that she submitted that girl because she's kind of annoying. 
<laughs> oh, we have Tyra, right? We have Tatsuro Tyra. He's fighting Carlos Hernandez, who is a pretty cool fighter. Uh, sadly, I do not think Hernandez' uh, qualities uh, lend themselves to a very good fight here uh, because he has been taken down a lot by guys. And uh, when Tyra gets you down, he usually finishes you. But if for whatever reason it goes long, Hernandez has insane cardio. He gets very aggressive the longer the fight goes. Uh, he's like not insanely athletic, but he puts on a pace, has decent pop on his hands. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a fight between two cool fighters, even though it might get into a like super early finish. Could be cool, maybe if Tyra wins this one, please give him like a higher level of opposition. And if Hernandez wins, uh, it would be dope. And the opener is... Rayane Dos Santos versus Talita Alensar. I have no thoughts about this, like at all. Like I've never seen Rayane Dos Santos fight. I do not remember Talita Alencar fighting the Contender Series. So I guess that's the podcast, guys. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Just I uh, was about to close the taps. I'm getting last minute. Uh, this is not confirmed. It's supposed to be in the works. But Jack Della Maddalena versus Gilbert Burns. Damn! Yeah, yeah, that's a good fight. That's a good fight. Um, to be honest, I'm expecting Jack Della to like eat him alive. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out of this podcast with a hot take. I think Jack Della Maddalena is going to murder Gilbert Burns. If you think I'm stupid, that's okay. You can be wrong. That's the podcast, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I know I'm super late this time, but whatever, guys. This shit is free. You you don't get to complain. You do not get to complain. So let's get to the sponsor part. Because remember that the European podcast is brought to you by X Marshall. X Marshall is a combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. X Marshall offers a range of products, including rash guards, shorts, spats, geese, streetwear, and training equipment. Use code the fight side to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight side, all caps, no spaces. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up to their mailing list and follow their socials at Official. Thank you, Xmarshall. And that's it, guys. That's the podcast. I don't know why I'm like hype. Uh, I guess it's the Jagdella announcement. But it's all right. We'll be all right. I'll catch you guys on Saturday. I'll be commentating about the fights on Twitter, as always. And the next week, we have a pay-per-view. That means... We have Dear Blims and we have the full preview where I will be previewing every fight from the pay-per-view. You know, that's what I do. I'm getting too hyped here. This is getting cringe. I'm Fenyo from the Fight Side. See you guys on the next one. Bye.